Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Carlton Mendelssohn, that's my name, and boy, do I have a treat for you. Do you enjoy the show and wish to see it performed live? Well, if you are in Southern California the end of July, your wish will come true. We will be doing an interactive performance of Return Home on Sunday, July 31st, as part of the Midsummer Scream Halloween Festival in Long Beach, California. See all your favorite characters come to life in this brand new story. Story exclusive for Midsummer Scream. The performance will be highly interactive with you being able to change the course of the story several times throughout. Think of it as a choose-your-own-adventure, return-home style. Not only that, but we have a few more surprises up our sleeve that will be revealed once the performance begins. Remember, this isn't just going to be a passive performance. You are part of the show. Again, the date is Sunday, July 31st at 2 p.m. at the Long Beach Convention Center. For ticketing information and to learn more, visit MidsummerScream.org or our website at ReturnHomePodcast.com. And now, we invite you all to return home. It had only been a few moments since Washburn had given Mr. Sanderson his options, but it seemed like hours had passed the way they just stared at each other. Mr. Sanderson was speechless, as if he wasn't entirely sure what kind of sick joke was being played on him. But then he broke and responded to Washburn. Bastard. Excuse me? How dare you? Who the hell do you think you are coming in here and talking about my Rory? Who put you up to this? Who? Now, Mr. Sanderson, I assure you... I said who? Oh, hey, hey, Nick, let's calm down a second. Let's just try to talk this out, okay? There is nothing to talk about. This sick son of a bitch thinks it's funny. This is not a joke. This is my life we're talking about. As I was about to say before, I assure you that this is no joke. No trick. This is the real deal. You can't do that. No one can. But I can. And I will. If you want me to. Perhaps a... Demonstration is in order? That would probably be helpful. All of you here represent a diverse and different look at Melancholy Falls. I've not met any of you before, but I can tell you all have led full, wonderful, and interesting lives. Lives that are full of things that I can find out about by just looking at you, looking into your soul. Nothing is hidden from me when I gaze upon you. For example, Big Joan. Washburn stood before Big Joan, looking deeply into her eyes, studying them, as if trying to pry sensitive information from them. You inherited this place from your family. You never wanted to work here forever. Instead, you wanted to paint. However, you kept it going in honor of your late father and made it your own. But sometimes, late at night, you awake and paint a canvas with scenes of childhood memories. Wait, I, I never told anyone about the painting. How did you- And Mr. Cole over there, and the blue jacket? Who, me? Uh, let's see. Washburn looked directly into Cole's eyes, seeming to reach inside his mind to find some lost truth within them. In the third grade, you brought a family heirloom to school, something that meant the world to your mother, and you accidentally gave it away. 
losing it forever. When you were confronted about it, you blamed your brother, earning him a spanking from your father the likes of which you've never seen. Years later, you finally owned up to it on your mother's deathbed. Mr. Cole looked shocked, but he didn't have any time to respond before Washburn went up and down the diner, spilling secrets from the patrons. You are trying to muster up the courage to finally say something about how much you dislike your husband's work schedule and want him to retire already so you can finally take that European vacation. You don't even like pistachios, even though you've been claiming your entire life they are your favorite. But it's too late to go back on that line now. You shouldn't keep that in the basement. No good can come from it. He stopped just before Buddy and smiled graciously with a twinkle in his eyes. And you, well, you I would prefer to get to know the old-fashioned way. Oh, well, the feeling is mutual. (laughs) Washburn winked at him and then addressed the crowd again. Is there anything I said to any of you that was untrue? The people in the diner didn't say much, but it did seem like they were all in agreement that Washburn hit the nail on the head about everyone he spoke to. Now, Mr. Sanderson, do you believe me? I, uh, I need a few minutes, please. Mr. Sanderson took off, heading towards the men's room. Should someone go talk to him, see if he's okay? I'll go. Stay here and keep an eye on things, okay? You bet. So, DW, what does DW stand for anyway? I made my way into the men's room and found Mr. Sanderson leaning over the sink, quietly sobbing. Hey, uh, Nick, are, are you okay? No, 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 I am not okay. This is really messing with my head right now. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a lot to take in. I mean, can, can he do any of that, what he says? You know, if there's one thing I learned so far in my time back home... It's that anything can happen here in Melancholy Falls. But what he's saying, what he claims he can do, it just, it is impossible, right? But if he did have that power, though, if he could make that happen, would it even be something you'd do or consider? I don't know. I just... I can't even think straight about this right now. I know. I I can't even begin to think of what I would do in your position. It hurts. This pain. It's been eating me alive for years and years. I... I don't know how to get away from it. Everyone told me it gets better. It does not get better. It gets worse. It gets much, much worse. I was the cause of it all. I could have prevented it. I could have stopped it. Hey, no, don't do not do that to yourself. Don't place the blame on your shoulders. No one should have to carry that, especially you. It wasn't your fault. These things just happen. These things happen. These things don't happen. I did it. I caused Rory dead. I hit him with the car. He's dead because of me. Maybe I don't... Maybe I don't deserve to get out of it. Maybe I am being punished. What if I'm supposed to live with this pain? But what if you could get rid of that pain? What if he can make it all go away? Then Rory. I wouldn't remember Rory. But the bad memories, they'd be gone too. Do you have kids, Jonathan? Look, what I'm trying to say... Then you can never fully understand. When you have kids, everything changes. Your entire life begins less about you and more about them. Watching them grow, helping them turn these young things into people. Actually living, breathing extensions of yourself. You get to see them take on your personality, to develop and grow. It's amazing. I'm sure it sounds amazing. There are so many times, so many moments that when you, like you want to replay it in your head over and over, watching them on repeat, 
just making you proud. A feeling you get from like this is knowing you are responsible for this human life to make it successful. It's just it's the best feeling. And I can see how that's something you wouldn't want to lose, especially with all the good memories of your son. He was right, you know. DW. It is an impossible choice. Damned if you do and damned if you don't. I know that big decisions like this aren't always easy. There's always pros and cons. And clearly the consequences of both, they're too heavy to weigh on you. But what one is the right choice? What one will I be able to live with myself with? What do you think I should do? I don't... I don't know. That's... That's not for me to decide. You have to look into yourself and see what the best choice is. For you, your life, and for Rory even. What do you think he'd want you to do? I don't know. I don't know if he'd be able to even comprehend this. I'm not sure if any of us can. I think I know what I need to do. I'll just never know if it's the right choice. There is no right or wrong choice here. Just a choice. And whatever one you choose, it's the right one for you. Okay. You're right. I think I know now. I'm ready. Are you sure? You have a little bit more time. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Mr. Sanderson walked out of the bathroom, looking confident in his choice, but still shaking from its potential consequences. I followed him out and back into the diner. The rest of the patrons were talking amongst themselves, but I found Buddy and Washburn sitting in the same booth as before. So, is it true that if you play certain albums backward, like, let's say Nickelback, for example, that you can hear hidden messages from you? (laughs) Even worse, if you play it forward, you'll hear Nickelback. Hey, Washburn? Uh, Mr. Sanderson's ready to make his choice now. Oh. Uh, Are you Mr. Sanderson? I am. Very good. If you'll excuse us, buddy. Sure thing. Buddy slipped out of the booth and Mr. Sanderson slid in across from Washburn. A wave of silence washed over the diner as the two stared at each other. So, your choice... I realize it's very personal to you and I understand the notion of discretion... If you'd like to keep it between us... I would, actually. I think it'd be better that way. Understood. Let's do this, then. Washburn reached into his jacket pocket and pulled out a pen. He put it on top of a napkin and slid both across the table toward Mr. Sanderson. You may write down your choice on here. When you're done, fold it and hand it to me. And then it'll be over? And then it will be over. Mr. Sanderson considered this for a moment before taking the pen in his hand. He slowly began to write on the napkin and stared diligently at what he was doing. What did he pick? I'm not sure, actually. He didn't tell me. You were both in there for a long time. I think he just needed someone to talk it out with. Mr. Sanderson finished writing and put the pen down. He folded the napkin in half and slid it back across the table toward Washburn. Are you sure this is what you want? There's no going back. I'm positive. Washburn took the napkin from the table, read it over, and then placed it into his pocket. A wise and noble choice, Mr. Sanderson. Mr. Sanderson said nothing. Washburn stood up and began to walk away from the booth. Wait. Now what? Now? Well, now I wipe the memories of everyone in here. They'll go about their business and return to how they were before I stepped in here. This 
Little interaction will remain a secret. No one will remember. Not even you. You, however, will live your life as you chose and will be none the wiser. And that's it? And that's it. Washburn simply raised a finger into the air and twirled it in a circle. For a moment, everyone kept their eyes on him. And then, they all turned away and went back to their meals. No one seemed to even notice him, let alone what was just going on. Even Mr. Sanderson went back to staring out the window. Washburn went up to the counter and left a five on it. For the coffee. Big Joan just shrugged and took the five, as Washburn turned on his heels and started for the door. DW, wait, I still remember. Wait, yeah, I do too. That's because I wiped everyone else but you two. I have a feeling we'll meet again, Mr. Barker, and that you'll need to remember. And you, buddy, (laughs) well, I wouldn't want to start over with you, would I? Washburn winked at Buddy as he walked out the door and into the night. Call me! Within a few moments, Mr. Sanderson stood from his booth, left some money on the table, and headed out as well. He nodded at me and then walked out the door. So wait, after all that, we don't even get to know what he picked? It wasn't our choice, Buddy. It was up to him. It was personal, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what he picked. I guess you're right. Still, it would be nice to know. Unfortunately, I don't think we ever will. Come on, let's finish up here. As we paid for our food, the events of the last hour replayed over in my head. Nick Sanderson faced a tough choice, but he made a decision based on what was in his best interest. If given the opportunity, would I be able to do the same? Even though we didn't know Zane Long, if given the same options, what would I choose? Though I am sure whatever Mr. Sanderson chose for himself was right, how would I know if I could make the same decision? After we finished our meal, we went outside and headed towards Buddy's car. Well, for a quiet meal out, that certainly turned out to be an eventful evening. Yeah, and you have this weird flirtatious relationship with the devil now, apparently. Well, most people have said that about me to begin with. So, hey, why not make it legit? Let's get out of here. You want to watch a movie or something tonight? Sure. Hey, want to hear something funny? DW likes Lou Bega too. Really? Yeah. I'm not the only one with good taste in music, clearly. Hey, who am I to judge? Return Home, Episode 4, The Devil in Me. You just listened to Part 3 of 3. It was written by Jeff Heimbuck and produced by Andrew Taylor and Jeff Heimbuck. It featured the vocal talents of Nicole Cornijo, Casey Wayland, Clarence Leonard, Steve Williard, Forrest Orta, and Jeff Heimbuck. The original musical score was by Corey Celeste. You can find out more about the show by visiting our website at returnhomepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash returnhomepodcast and on Twitter at returnhomeshow. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us by leaving a review on iTunes or contributing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash returnhomepodcast. 
questions, comments, have a weird flirtatious relationship with the devil, send us an email at returnhomepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, pleasant dreams.